0: At it with a bang. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell. And it is your weekly dose of pro wrestling in your ear hole, fully injected and backjacked and underwritten by that performance enhancing audio. Uh, yeah, it's that voice you hear. It's your boy, BC. Got a lot to talk about this week. A lot of big news on this fall. This fall is going to be wild, folks. A lot of big changes coming in the wrestling world. So buckle up, get on out there, spread your love for this show. Five-star review season is upon us. Uh, you know what it's already all about, folks. It's all about defy. You understand? You know what I mean? It's all about defy. Yeah, so stop fooling around. Get on over to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Tinder, J-Date, wherever you are listening to this, be a winner, okay? Stop being a loser. People pay to see winners. They don't pay to see losers. And that's why you're listening to my podcast, and I'm not listening to yours. Wow, he'll turn from BC there. No, just kidding. Oh, fire it up. Got a lot to talk about on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Beyond, AEW coming. Let me bring in my co-host to to uh, to, to uh, figure this whole thing out. Where's the button? Here he comes. Hey. Hello to the bad guy. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the Silver King himself. He owns homes. He owns hot takes. He may have also hedged a few times. It's Adam Silverstein.
1: Hey, now, BC, a little bit late on this tweet, about a week late, but still great. This came from Slim Dirty19 last night. Tags you in it, so I know you saw it. I literally just sat here and listened to B. Campbell CBS say ketchup and honey mustard together is a good mix. That's a dream. Ha, ha, ha. Silverstein Adam, I'm ready for that Wolfpack angle to come to fruition, back-to-back, throw-up, vomit faces.
0: I was, that's uh, sweet. I was I, I would say I was pleasantly surprised, but I wasn't surprised because I know how the real world world works and how people what what's in taste and what's not. But I mean, the amount of tweets that came in from that ketchup debate in my favor was was like like, uh, you know, 10 to 1. So it was just good to see the <laughs> I'm way sorry, they, what? It, it was good to see, uh, you know, a combination of DMs and tweets going wow. Dude, what is Adam talking about with ketchup? All, we're, we're I will not, not getting... allow uh, Tamino or ketchup slander on this timeline. So it was good to hear the people, you know, get get on the right side of history, just like uh, just like most of my wrestling takes compared to yours, Adam, in the great debate of this show. So
1: we're th- not getting the same messages, BC, because uh, that that is not what I heard. A lot of people very critical of Brian Campbell's tastes in food. Uh, I will say, I got you know, I did get. Heat for the Chicago pizza takes. And you can say deservedly so if you want. But I mean, I stand by that 100 uh, percent. But I think people misunderstood my take on ketchup. I wasn't saying it's bad. I wasn't saying I don't enjoy ketchup occasionally. I just think it is overrated as a comment. That's all very. just want to be clear uh,
0: again. That's like saying oxygen. Don't really need it. It's kind of overrated. I mean, come on. like the, We're of this ketchup era, okay? It's it's the go-to. It's it's the WWE of condiments, Adam.
1: So you can get all <laughs> that, fired up and be... Yeah, uh, that, you know what, BC? It is It is oversaturated. Ketchup is oversaturated. Just like mayo is also oversaturated in uh, more ways than one. Um, what would you think of wrestling this week? You know, it,
0: it didn't really move me. And I don't say that as a slight. The things that I saw people get... Uh, overly excited about on Twitter. I watched both Raw and SmackDown on a significant delay. So when I saw half spoilers and tweets and saw people's reactions, the things people were fired up for, I was just sort of like, all right, that was a little bit. That was okay. It was cool. It was fine. And then the things people were like, oh, my God, that was awful. I was like, you know, I kind of enjoyed that. That was pretty good. That was probably the highlight of the week for me. So uh, I think that um, this week wasn't bad, but I think right now I'm antsy as a wrestling fan. Because with all the news going on NXT, we'll talk about in a second, AEW, Fox, everything we constantly talk about and refer to, Adam, I need it now. I, I can't wait anymore. I need to know what the future is going to look like now.
1: See, you're, you're 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 antsy. I'm almost apprehensive because it's so much. Like we're we're talking about adding four, well, three, I guess, but four hours of live TV a week to what we already have. And we're talking about moving a show that honestly found a really nice home in Tuesday nights in SmackDown. I much prefer the Tuesday night SmackDown to the Thursday or Friday, taking it and throwing it to the end of a week on a night where I am not wanting to be home and probably won't be home watching wrestling. So I'm apprehensive of this change. I don't necessarily think – is it for the better? Maybe it's for the better of the professional wrestling landscape. I don't think it's for the better of Silver King.
0: Well, I don't think it's for the better of all of us who are trying to uh, watch less or trying to uh, keep a manageable amount of time committed to the to the pro wrestling product in general in light of other life activities or work uh, responsibilities that pull us. But because of the whole connection to the idea of the third boom period and that, like, I mean, you could argue we're already in that third boom period. You could argue it won't be a third boom period until this stuff all hits and hits hard. Um, I just want to see what's going to work. I want to see if AEW will actually demand our attention or if they will just be another thing that we have to go. Do I want to commit to watching this? I want to see if uh, WWE on Fox, it, with the combination of the studio show and going live on Friday nights with the promotional arm of the NFL and boxing to help them out, does that make that the most forward-facing, prominent piece of pro wrestling That we've ever seen since the Attitude Era. Like, there's a lot of ifs here where if some of these things click together, and obviously, you know, NXT getting the bump is a big part of this. uh, Wrestling could be different in the way we consume, treat it, cover it, all that. And uh, I just, I mentioned, I want to know. I need to know. I need to know now. Four months from now, is it going to kind of just fall back to business as usual, yet there's more things to watch? Or is this thing going to be peaking
1: It's a really good question, BC, and we're going to get to that. We're going to talk NXT. We're going to talk Bud F. Murphy. We had a lot to talk about, but before we do, I want to talk a little bit about our Fantasy Football Today telethon that will air live on CBS Sports HQ all day Thursday, BC. I'm going to read a little promotional material for you in a second, but what I really want to tell fans is right now on ebay.com slash str slash cbs fft again ebay.com slash str slash cbs fft there is a w w e world heavyweight championship title belt up for auction it benefits st jude's the silver king got it was nice enough wwe was nice enough to donate this to us we're gonna have a couple special guests in kofi kingston and eric young on our fantasy football today telethon on thursday to promote it but you can go on to ebay right now bid for that title jack that thing up it all goes 100 percent to saint jude um i can't really think bc of a better reason to get people to go uh bid for a wwe championship title
0: yeah i love that you called it a belt too the first time around so that that popped me even more
1: and i'm calling it a belt because the search term for on ebay you want to search belt and it'll be there
0: Right. Rightfully so, eBay. Thank you for being on the right side of history. No, big, big, big fan of St. Jude's as well. Love what they're doing here. Uh, CBS Sports with this fantasy football telethon. Um, It's sort of like you got questions, Adam. They got answers. So what is it? Thursday at noon? This thing's kicking off. We're talking about six hours of uh, you don't know who to draft. Well, why don't you call? Why don't you pick up that phone and call? And we got Danny Cannell, Bryant McFadden, Roddy White, Eddie Lacy, Dwayne Bow on the other end of the line. Maybe Eric Young. Maybe you can ask him why Sanity's no longer. That's a nice little offer there. I know uh, we talk about the eras of sliding in the old DMs. No, pick up the phone. Get your questions answered by our crew and the Fantasy Football Today Telethon,
1: the FFT crew in the house. Yeah, and we also have Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, our fantasy football experts, along with Dave Richard, who is not only a fantasy football expert, longtime professional wrestling fan who I'm sure will be geeked. I don't even know if whoever wins this bid on eBay is going to be able to get the title. you got to have to pry it out of Dave Richards' cold, dead hands, probably, BC. But it's going to be a great telethon. The experts are going to be answering your questions. The NFL legends and former players are going to be answering your questions. As you said, Danny Cannell, Brian McFadden, Roddy White, Eddie Lacy, Dwayne Bo. There are even more that we're not mentioning. So it's a great time for all. It's a great time of year with fantasy football getting started. And I'm sure all of you are about to do your drafts. Uh, So again, the Fantasy Football Today Telethon, all the fun begins at noon Eastern on Thursday on CBSSports.com. You can also watch it on the CBS Sports app, on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV. In other words, if you have a device that is connected to the internet, you can watch the Fantasy Football Today Telethon.
0: Tell them BC sent you. That's
1: how you shill, by the way. That's how you do it.
0: There it is. There it is. Exactly. Uh, You want to sell anything else? You got any books coming out? Silver King? You got a hot tubs for sale? What else you got?
1: Only one thing, BC, and it's two words. Main event. This is the main event. All right. Look, I know we are itching to hit all the sirens, rev all the engines again for Buddy Murphy. We will get to that. But the story of the week, we got to talk, BC. NXT officially moving to USA Network, staying on Wednesday nights, expanding from one hour to two, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, airing live and also staying at Full Sail University. So, you know, we got this tease, or we thought we got this tease a few months ago where we were on the podcast and NXT had this massive, huge announcement and it ended up being the Dusty Rhodes uh, tag team tournament coming back. And you and I just like wanted to almost, you know, punch ourselves in the face considering we got so amped up for these possibilities. So we've had this conversation before. We've talked about the pros and cons, but now that it's actually happening in b c it's not happening on f s one but it's happening on u s a network. Tell me how do you feel about this
0: uh it's interesting it's interesting it's a, that's a big power move there and if you if you uh get dirty in the old bed sheets you'll you know from the melter and clans you'll find out it was very vince heavy to keep USA happy and keep USA, NBC Universal as the WWE TV network of the moment, even though Fox, of course, will have SmackDown and the weekly Tuesday night studio show. Um, I think this puts almost even more pressure on NXT to deliver ratings now that they're on USA, a, a known wrestling network, rather than FS1, which you'd have to, I guess, educate fans for, for a certain period, that it's on there. Um, I could read you 78 DMs. I got text messages from people that somehow have my number. Of the overall aligning fear of the dark clouds hanging over of the Vince and Kevin Dunn machine, well, of course, they're going to get their hands on it, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I'm going to say. Not only do I choose optimism, Not only do I choose, uh, let's protect what we have here in NXT. Um, The fact that they're doing it from full sail, Adam, and not traveling really tells me there's great potential not to mess with this thing. There's great potential not to go run down there and put 57 more different sparkly lights that shine and do things. Because, look, the key core of what we love about NXT is they keep it about the the wrestling, about the meat. They, They don't mess around. So... Not only the fact that they're doing it two hours live each week from Full sale, They're keeping more Ronaldo, which is giant news, Moral tweeted Vegas it out. News. We all get fired up by that. But I think this is Paul's moment, Paul Levesque's moment, to take a stand. Remember when uh, Ferris Bueller's buddy accidentally sent his dad's car through the back window of that really expensive garage? Cameron. And, you know, our- and Ferris like, what are you going to do? And Cameron's like, you know what? You know because Ferris was going to take the bait, he knew you right. know he knew he could he could he a he was a legend he was a legend in that town. um Cameron said no, it's fine got I gotta take a stand. I think this is the moment where Paul Levesque says, all right, Vince, here's the deal, bro. you got raw, you got smackdown, you got the x f l you got billions, you got it all." This is my one thing. I birthed this thing. I took it from the ground up to where we are today. Started from the bottom. Started in Tampa. And it was called FCW. Started from the bottom. Pop in law. But now we here. And (laughs) one day, Vince... And I know I make the joke on conference calls, this is Paul talking, that you will outlive all of us because your mom is in her late 90s and still plays tennis and you're Vince McMahon and you've probably been putting HGH in your, uh, in your bunghole for 50 years, so, so you're going to outlive all of us. We get it. But here's the deal, Vince. One day you will die. I might be the one that causes that, by the way, if, if this gets messy. But one day you will die. Shane's not taking over this territory, all right? Steph, she'll do what I say. Because I am a McMahon at heart, and you know this, man. So, McMahon, you're not touching this. You are not touching this. And, Adam, the proof will be, as Floyd Mayweather says, in the Putin episodes one through four, let's say, they're going to launch September 18th. The first, you know, they got a little head start in AEW, which is, obviously, it's a genius move to there. But um, we're going to find out whether... You know how you know whether Vince watches that first episode and it looks like a dingy shack to him and he goes, full what the hell's full sale what we were we're doing shows from there, like you know that could happen easily. <laughs> but Paul's going to have a chance to dig in here and say, "Look, this is our third brand uh, and, and this is where Adam if
1: triple now let's H be wants fair, Brian, to, he's been telling us that for two years. If he wants to keep
0: this third brand as legitimately a separate world an org than Raw and SmackDown. Even with it being bumped up to real TV, I am 100% with that. As much as we like the idea of, well, if you bring back some guys that aren't getting used on the main roster, put them next NXT. No, I'm almost to the point where I want NXT's flavor to be so unique compared to Raw and SmackDown that it can be a separate world. It can be a separate promotion almost run by separate people, Adam. And ultimately, this bridges to my real take on this. We've already hit these these... These angles in the past of saying by putting NXT head to head up against AEW, it's a genius move by WWE because you're basically saying you're only as good as our AAA franchise. You're not as good as our big time. It puts less pressure on them should AEW blow up. But I think even more, it shows you that the real battle here, the real revolution is no longer Tony Khan and company, you know? It's not even Japan. The real revolution is Paul Levesque and what he's doing in NXT and how he's probably, even though NJPW hits the higher notes higher, in my opinion, Paul Levesque knows what 2019 wrestling should look like and feel like better than anyone. He's mixed the WWE style with the indie style. He's perfected this craft. That's the real revolution right now, Adam, whether NXT can get ratings Merch sales, all this on the level of Raw SmackDown. Uphill battle. It would take a while if it if it could happen. But we're going to find this out because it's not even hidden on FS1. It's on USA. It's basically replacing SmackDown. Different night, but basically replacing it. And now, if Paul can stand firm at that Thanksgiving table and put his foot down and threaten Vince's life, <laughs> and, and whatever he has to do, and keep this brand separate, Keep it exactly how it is, Adam. You will agree with this. The AEW ain't the revolution. What's going on inside Triple H's mind is, and that's going to be the real Monday Night Wars Attitude Era Third Boom Period fight. Not Khan versus McMahon, Paul Levesque versus Vince McMahon, and damn, I can't wait to see the ratings war. I can't wait to see whether regular fans who never watched NXT and there's still a ton of them, there's still a ton of fair weather casual Raw and SmackDown fans who check in and out but have never seen an ounce of NXT. They're gonna taste that. They're gonna they're gonna get a drop of that on their tongue, and they're and and damn. So Adam, um, I am optimistic, fired up and excited because. It was driven by money, yes. It was driven by the idea of let's not just crush A like let's destroy AW. But they're giving our real favorite brand a chance to live the impossible dream and become the brand in all of pro wrestling. It's not hidden under the hood, it's not playing on the side field on the J V f- you know like it's mainstream cable tele okay, it's not live on Fox, but it's mainstream super premium cable television. And it has a chance to actually compete and defeat what Vince is doing on Raw and SmackDown. I got to stop and clap on that. This news, even though we knew it could happen, is
1: massive. I'm fired the hell up. Yeah, they do have every chance to compete and beat AEW. And if you're talking about what the product that we have seen to this point, Brian, the NXT product is better. Not better, far better. It just is. Now, we don't have... NXT TV live two hours on USA to compare to AEW TV live two hours on TNT. But we've seen the takeovers versus all in, although that was incredible. But, you know, some of their other AEW's other live events. Uh, And we have seen the wrestlers that NXT has compared to AEW. I think WWE did something very smart on Tuesday by coming out right off the bat and talking about Triple H being the patriarch of NXT. NXT. They didn't hide him behind the situation. Do I wish that he had given the quote in the press release as opposed to Vince? Yes, but I think that's minor. Vince is still the chairman and CEO of the company, and adding a TV show is a pretty big deal. So I didn't like that Triple H wasn't there, but I do like that when they announced it on SmackDown, um, they promoted Triple H's tweet extremely heavily, and they mentioned him nearly every single time that they talked about this NXT show going to USA. As you said, Triple H basically has to pull that Walter Solbchek, put his foot down across this line. You do not. And just not allow Vince to muck this up. And that is not to say that maybe there are elements of production quality that can improve. Maybe if WWE is legitimately getting $50 million from USA Network, as Dave Meltzer reported, if they are getting that money, it takes a loss leader in NXT, makes it profitable like that very quick and maybe allows them to tweak the set a little bit, add some lights here or there, do things that we like NXT being dark and, and very focused on the wrestling, but we're not, it's not perfect. There are things that can probably be done to enhance it for a live television audience, perhaps. So I'm okay with that as well. What you said about WWE having NXT go head to head with AEW instead of raw and SmackDown, It's very smart, as you mentioned, for the reason of WWE kind of saying, well, this is almost our JV and this is what you're good at. You know, this is you. You're JV to us. You don't really compete with our Raw and SmackDown brands, but it's smarter for other reasons as well, because they are the same audience. It's both the indie wrestling, hardcore ring work, match rate type of people that want to watch wrestling fueled by more serious storylines, a lot less jokey atmosphere that you get on Raw and SmackDown. So you have a competing audience going head to head. It also gives WWE a, a great situation where it doesn't have to worry about uh, AEW potentially beating Raw or potentially beating SmackDown. If it beats NXT and WWE can be like, it's our third brand. Like who really cares? The fact that we're doing almost close to the same numbers shows you what AEW is compared to us. We have two other shows that do two to three million, four million, maybe if Fox gets on, starts rolling with SmackDown, AEW's doing a million, the same as our NXT is doing. So, for all of those reasons, I think this was a really good move. When we first talked about it, the question was, should they? And my answer was no. I didn't think they wouldn't, I just thought they shouldn't, because I was so concerned about the product being protected. But you make a very good point, BC, in that It's got to be tried because if not NXT one hour weekly taped on the WWE network, it's reached its peak. It's never going to expand past what it currently is. The only way you can have that happen is to give it two hours live on a major television network. And the truth is FS1 is not a major television network. It is still far beyond ESPN, ESPN two. I don't know how it's ratings compare to some of the other, ESPN's News, U and SEC Network, et cetera. But I imagine it's closer to those than it is to even ESPN2 or ESPN. Um, So the fact that they get wrestling for an additional day on USA Network, the fact that USA Network gets an additional day of wrestling to go along with Miz and Mrs. and the Steve Austin show that they now have, it does make USA Network what Fox wanted to be, which is the home of WWE. And it makes me wonder if WWE has come up with something else for Fox to placate them and make them happy. And you and I have had this conversation well, before. Still, yeah, you still think
0: room for shoulder, like legitimate shoulder content, even beyond the studio show.
1: There is, but you've, you've mentioned to me, and I think we've talked about this one day. Are we really that far away from WWE putting a major pay-per-view on network television? And I would not be surprised BC if they said to Fox, look, this FS1 thing didn't work out. We know you were telling advertisers about it. Uh, that doesn't put you in a great position. What if we give you SummerSlam?
0: Or, or, which is, is possible and huge. But even if that is not on the table, let's say that's something that Vince is like, I'm not crossing that because I need to keep the strength of the network up. You could very easily give them uh, or create for them two separate trains of thought here. One is give them like the Saudi Arabia type or Australia type of like su- special super shows and jack them up even more and put them on Fox or two, go back to the idea of a Saturday night's main event where, where quarterly, you know, whatever you do it live on Fox on a uh, pick your night, whatever. And it, and have it be special, have it be hot fire. But my original rant, Adam, I know you didn't mishear me, but you talked about the, the idea of of how smart it is that WWE could take NXT and say you compete with AEW. I'm almost looking past that competition. I'm more focused on the internal right. NXT
1: versus main brand
0: competition.
1: But that doesn't that that competition does not begin until NXT proves it can beat AEW. Because the truth is, if AEW debuts and I we do not we cannot predict what their ratings are going to be. I think people are saying like Hey, if they do six, seven, eight hundred thousand, that's a big success, and I actually think it would be, to be honest with you. But if AEW starts off and is hitting a million viewers a week, and NXT, which it's loan time on USA Network with limited promotion, I think did seven hundred thousand, right? And NXT is three hundred thousand less than AEW every week for a year. That ain't gonna be much of a of a talk. Vince is gonna put his hands into that program because he wants NXT to beat AEW. So. The question is, how strong does NXT start? If NXT starts strong, if it maintains even or above AEW for, you know, a, a six-month period, then I think Vince is totally fine with saying, Trips, do it. Do it, do your thing. The question is, how much space is WWE proper going to give NXT to succeed? Because you know it's going to be promoted heavily on Raw and SmackDown. Are they going to mix NXT matches into regular pay per views? Is this wild card rule, which we pray ends? We pray this ends on October 2nd. But is it going to include NXT? What if the wild card rule doesn't include Raw and SmackDown and it's only for big brand superstars to go to NXT? And then the question is, BC, are we entering this WWE CW phase yeah. where like. Big Show's champion, and no one cares. That's where you, know? you,
0: you get it ruined. If you're starting to cross over just to promote each other, that's when Vince's hand is too much on it. Paul didn't stand firm enough. And, yes, that's when you the conversation becomes is this uh, WWECW, 100%. Um, again, I'm going to play optimistic on that. But, um, again, like I'm not even interested anymore, Adam, in the idea of – WWE versus AEW or NXT versus AEW, because again, when you're pushing NXT to mainstream TV and it's essentially replacing SmackDown under USA, which is a network everybody has and a network people seem to seriously watch, so so you're gonna have a great chance of running into that, maybe even uh, more than compared to FS1. Then the end game for me, the end game of wanting a revolution, was what. It was that Raw and SmackDown dominates our times and the the WWE pay-per-views, yet it's not the best wrestling in the world. So right. we need somebody else to rise up to force Vince to, to change, to get to 2019 standards, to get away from some of the goofy BS, get away from the predictable crap, get away from the laziness, get away from all that it might actually be NXT that does that. And I know NXT's already influenced the main roster in certain big ways, women's division, all that. But I'm not going to be comparing NXT's ratings to AEW. I'm going to be comparing NXT's ratings to Raw and SmackDown. And the idea of how many fans, when they see that, are just going to say, that's way better. Like, that's friggin' way better. And how they ruin it, of course, is the, the crappy implementation of taking a little bit from NXT and putting it on raw and taking the crappy stuff on raw and putting it in there. But if they can keep these two separate worlds, then we may get to a point where it's like, get with the times folks. I know you want to sell t-shirts, but you could have more wrestling fans. If you give them a story to care about, if you give them a, uh, a proper presentation, this for that is hugely interesting and optimistic for me. And anyone saying, well, well, is this going to spoil what we love about NXT because now it's live and it's going two hours? Um, No, it's going to make it way better because what happens when NXT TV has a chance to spread its wings on TakeOver? It always leads you wanting more. And by the way, TakeOver's live and in front of a big arena. They're going to nail this. And the fact that Triple H, and we've heard Meltzer talk about this for a year, basically, Triple H has been building up his, his inner circle, his cabinet, right. his army. And we think of that as, you know, for the eventual takeover of Vince and Kevin Dunn, but forget about that for a second. That could just mean that his team is so firmly in place and they know how to run that show that Vince and Kevin Dunn can back, could stand down. And if that's the case, then this is a, a make good on the fail, the ECW reboot, where, where Heyman really wasn't given a chance to find out how good that can be. Fired up, fired up across the board.
1: And this really does clarify why he was not given one of the executive director roles with Raw or SmackDown. The SmackDown one we knew when it went to Bischoff that that's more about network relations, which he is obviously extremely familiar with, having dealt with TNT and the craziness that went on um, with WCW. And giving Heyman Raw really makes a lot more sense now with them knowing this is not something you snap your fingers and do, right? Right. We knew, we've been talking about for a while, NXT to FS1. The surprise here is that it's USA, but we knew this was going to happen. So now knowing this and knowing the way Triple H treats that as his baby, the fact, by the way, that Shawn Michaels is involved. That Road dog may well be their lead writer by the time this comes to fruition. He is down there now. He, he's off SmackDown. He's, he's in Orlando. Um, all that really works in a positive way. We mentioned it. I don't want to gloss over it. The fact that Mauro Ranallo is staying on is massive because, you know, there were a lot of things discussed when he left SmackDown, Uh, whether it was Vince, whether it was JBL. He obviously won't confirm things like that. But what he had had told us was that the weekly grind of traveling to do a a live show every week with SmackDown really wore on him and hurt him with his other responsibilities. So I was concerned initially when they announced it was going to be two hours and live every week, because they could, WWE could have done what they used to do with Raw, where it's live, then it's taped, and they tape two at a time, basically. And that may have worked, honestly. It may have done pretty well. But the fact that it's live every week for two hours, it immediately gave me the apprehension of, man, they're, Morrow's not going to do this. Like, they're not going to be able to keep him. And the fact that he's not only staying, but the way he was tweeting about it, how gung-ho and excited he is for this, that really took a lot of the apprehension off my shoulders, because... As much as the wrestling is good, B.C., as much as the booking is good and the creative, more Ronaldo and the atmosphere that he creates leading that show. Um, it's maybe as important as anything else to me.
0: No doubt. And, uh, man, at the end of the day, I want I wish WWE at the end of the day had two brands. And Raw was the old school way to book it with Vince and SmackDown was NXT. But maybe right. we're on our way to that because look long run I don't think we need three brands. I don't think we need oh, 3 right. nights a week of shows from WWE plus a pay-per-view so that becomes four plus uh man I got to see what happened on 205 and AEW like it's it's really it's becoming um I always say Adam to do this podcast at the level that we choose to. And and mind you, we're not watching Uh, TN impact every week. We're you know, we're not there's there's a there's already a line we are drawing in the sand. You know, we barely catch up on 205 live. But even to do what we do on this level, it's it's an insane commitment in terms of our 40 hours,
1: Uh, especially when we try to fit into a single show every week. And people wonder, like, hey, why do you guys tape a 90 minute to two hour show? Well, because we have 27 hours of wrestling. Right. That's not something like G1s, pay-per-views, and, like, other stuff,
0: you know? And now you, this is going to a level where it's, uh, you know, this could be all somebody does. I mean, there's obviously already full-time pro wrestling journalists, but I'm saying, like, it's getting to a level where it's uh, five nights a
1: week. We're getting there. It's it's crazy. <laughs> we're, we're very close. Now, Do you, are you with me where I am of the opinion—I said this when we had our last conversation—I think WWE should fold 205 Live— into NXT and give it a cruiserweight division? Uh, it depends on the
0: metrics for the network. Now, what I mean by that is uh, some people... Thought- I
1: don't think 205 does anything at all.
0: Well, some In people terms- thought this would never happen because you know, you're know you pulling something exclusive off the network, but uh, but now we find out they're going to put it on Thursday nights, a day later, tape delayed, you can catch uh, NXT on, on there. But um, I don't know. I, I still think keeping 205 as sort of that exclusive... I mean, look, it, it's basically main event to them. It's basically... You know, the show that they film before or after SmackDown that they're gonna run in other places that either, you know, warms up the crowd or whatever. So um I mean they already have so much talent. Adam, they're already they already have too much NXT talent where we go five five match takeover cards are great, but man, there's like seven people that aren't on this that probably should be. So I'm okay if they keep Two O five network exclusive. It's one of those extra things. If you are again, if you're if you don't even watch sports or TV, and you only care about wrestling, and you're a damn diehard, then that's one more reason to uh, be tuning into the network.
1: If I'm WWE, I, I probably merge it. I, I throw those guys in there. I do a cruiserweight division. It separates NXT. It keeps it with the mat qual, you know, the the mat work and, and the ring quality matches that we're talking about. I mixed up those phrases right there. Um, and if it's me, I probably add Evolve to the network and maybe promote. NXT UK a little bit more and and make those the network specials you said something that actually got me thinking really quick and we can maybe close on this and and move on but with a two-hour live show weekly when they do these takeovers a I hope they still keep them you know quarterly or maybe do five a year and and don't you know do one a month please please for the love of God do not do one a month or go to six or seven or eight don't do that but I do think these takeovers are going to expand. I don't know that you can do a five-match takeover when you have eight hours of TV every week. Four hours of TV, it makes sense. I would not be surprised if they slightly expand takeover six, seven matches uh, t- because there's going to be so many feuds that they need to wrap up a- and and feature. I don't know that you can just do a, a five-match card every every quarter.
0: Yeah, that will be interesting. I mean, y- you could think about it from the idea as if, if Trips wants to stand hard on that then you can put the, the matches that would have been on there on regular TV. And that's where you make those two hours so val- valuable that you're having storylines that are paying off on regular TV, which NXT traditionally has done a great job with because they don't have monthly pay-per-views. They have more right. quarterly-ish ones. So they've al- always done a great job on paying that off. So it's going to be interesting. I, mean, I remember when I first got drunk on NXT, KO was champion and he was feuding with Alex Riley, of all people. And right. I was, like, all friggin' in on it. And I just remember thinking, like, like this is washed Alex Riley against, like, <laughs> and it's, like, just the simplicity and everything about it. I hope it stays that way. I can't wait. Like, this is one of those times where it's, like, you know, you can't wait for one of your best friends to come back with you to your hometown so he can eat your local pizza that you've raved about your whole life or or that so he could hear the CD of that local band that you love like I can't wait till people really get NXT and everyone that listens to this show gets it and listens to and watches it but the other people the the half fans the casual fans the celebrity fans all those people when they get that taste and they're just like damn this is perfect and you don't realize how good it is right away because it's simplistically brilliant and that's that's why that's why in all in trips we trust so wow it's wild it's a wild time ahead it's going to be interesting going to be very interesting
1: it is bc and just as interesting to me get those sirens get those engines ready is what wwe is doing with buddy f murphy who tuesday night on smackdown went over daniel bryan clean
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, from the moment he walked into that arena that night, I was thinking, um, "Sex." I mean, I mean, look, what else am I gonna say here? I got so many DMs of people just being like, "Ah, our guy Black Saber Junior DM me with the he nailed it this week. Black Saber Junior nailed it. He all he wrote was Buddy Murphy up by ten going into the fourth quarter. Like, just brilliant. Yeah. Just nailed it." Uh yeah, they let him go over. This match was was good. Good not great. It wasn't as good as the Reigns match, but it was it was good. Correct. Correct. And, and and I love how they worked him into that uh, that ongoing storyline still and the attack afterwards kept that storyline going, but just that moment of seeing them realize this is not going to be a one-week wonder. This is not Cedric Alexander. This is Buddy F Murphy. This is it. This is our guy. This is uh, oh god, this is our guy. They let him go over Daniel Bryan. Heel, they let him go over. Daniel
1: Bryan. Daniel Bryan let him go over Daniel Bryan.
0: Daniel Bryan let him go over. Heel, Daniel Bryan. Main eventer, best version of his character of all time, even better than 30, Daniel Bryan. Damn.
1: And he looked the part. I almost guarantee, I almost guarantee Daniel Bryan forced them to put Buddy Murphy over him.
0: I will agree with you, knowing what we know from interviewing him on the show and hearing others say that he fought, you know, Ali says that Daniel Bryan fought for him. Uh, You're right. You're right.
1: In the last six months, BC, I tweeted this. Daniel Bryan has put over Kofi Kingston, Ali and Buddy Murphy. And when the hell would that have happened in WWE? When the hell would you think that someone like Randy Orton, no offense to Randy, would put over Kofi? Ali and Buddy Murphy in a six-month span. Someone of that ilk, right? A heel like that. It doesn't happen in WWE. Vince, despite him letting his heels get beat and not look strong, doesn't let little guys, doesn't let high flyers, doesn't let guys that are not built up to main event levels go over main event stars with that frequency. And what impresses me so much, and Daniel Bryan deserves all the credit in the world, his character has not dropped one iota. Despite him taking those clean losses, despite him and Rowan losing the tag team titles after making the big deal about, oh, we're going to elevate this division and this division sucks without us and all this. All Daniel Bryan's done as a heel BC since, you know, the, the three month run with the title before Mania. All he's done is lose and he's still the best heel in the company.
0: Yeah, Samoa Joe will probably be knocking on your door after you said that. But uh, it's pretty damn close. Uh, this was so good. I I really want to know. I, this is one of those moments where it's like I hate spoilers. I hate dirt sheets. We, we deal with them. We live with them. I'm trying to get less. I'm, I'm I'm doing so much less dirt sheeting, dirt shitting than I've ever done in my life. Um, but – I almost want to find out right now, like what do they have creatively for Buddy Murphy? <laughs> like, should I stay this excited? Do they have, in uh, you know, a U.S. title run? Is that next? Do, do they? Is he going to win the King of the Ring? Like a lot of stuff we can get into about what's next outside of just his prominent role in this Roman storyline. Who who shot Roman and and trying to figure that out. But man, you know, I wonder what Alexa's thinking. You know, I wonder what Sasha <laughs> the dog is thinking. I mean. Phew. This guy's a stud. This guy Twitter. is, I want to find out how, how do you get Jurassic pecs like that? That's an, insane. This guy must've just hit the gym. Must've just hit a crossroads in his NXT run. And was just like, you know what? F you, Wesley Blake. I'm just going to, I'm going to do nothing but juice and lift, just juice and lift <laughs> juice uh, and lift. GTL, JTL. juice, tan and lift. All right. There so it is.
1: My Twitter went nuts after this and I'm sure yours did as well, but, I think we've started something with Buddy Murphy here because listen to these tweets, right? One guy, sex sells with eight exclamation points. Uh, Sound all the alarms. The juice is everywhere. When I saw him, I thought sex. The moment we saw him, we thought sex. Uh, Is Brian Campbell and Sasha the dog currently eating all the steak in the greater Connecticut area? Uh, Not only should Buddy win King of the Ring, he should win the Rumble and main event WrestleMania. Hashtag hit the damn sirens. Slutty Murphy, the milk of Marknesia overfloweth. Uh I mean I can keep going. I haven't seen a reaction like that to anyone and and we've we've praised plenty of people and been all in on plenty of people on this podcast but the fans are fans and the fans in that arena on Tuesday night did you see the reaction to Buddy Murphy beating Daniel Bryan? It was them wanting Bryan to lose. It was also them wanting Murphy to win. That was a Kevin Owens like reaction. Uh, by that fans, I'm not going to go say Kofi or, you know, Seth or anything like that. But it was Kevin Owens-esque where the fans are starting to naturally buy into this guy. And honestly, they're doing everything perfect with him. I don't like some of the backstage stuff, but whatever. That's me nitpicking. Um, I think the sky is the limit for Buddy Murphy. Well, here's why it works.
0: And here's why the fans would react that way. And here's why even Vince, of all people, probably is saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe even I love a happy ending. I mean, maybe, maybe even that because the guy looks the part. I mean, he freaking looks the part. So even though he came out of the cruiserweight system to get to this point, we laughed at him being a cruiserweight. He he's regular size, you know. I mean, he's he's you know he's a little bit shorter than Roman. He's he's so it's not. And and the reason why I'm saying that is because it's not us willing and Ali. To something that he'll never get or he'll get a cup of coffee of, you know, to check to test whether he connects with this certain fan. no, it's Buddy Murphy looks the damn part. Even for someone like 73 year old Vince, how are you going to deny a guy who moves like that? Who's that good looking, who has sort of this f- special kind of quality to him? There's a, there is there ultimately jokes aside, pecs aside, even Topi Conhilo aside he's got it he's got that star factor it just and he didn't have it with blake and murphy not even close oh god no and and i don't know how he acquired that i'd like to talk to him and find that out i'd like to actually if he could share that with me maybe if he could inject me with some of that but you know but you know basically i'd like to get him on this show and and just be like um, either you reach into your pants you whip it out and you place it in my hand this is yeah, Nick, come on. I, I mean the it, the it factor, okay? I, I want it. I really, I really do. I mean, just, he's got it, Adam. He does. Uh, Jericho and- would have said it. He's got it. And that's undeniable, and it probably should be where we never again say, well, let's not get too excited until, no, he's got it. They, they can't screw this up. He can't get Cedric Alexander booking. He's a
1: full-size stud. He's got it. And B.C., one week from today, we'll have it because the Silver King delivered on his promise from last week. He has acquired the first interview with Buddy F. Murphy here on the State of Combat podcast. One week from today, B.C., the Silver King, Buddy Murphy, chopping it up, sex sells, and we're helping. We're hoping it sells this podcast.
0: Wow! Wow! Fired up for that, Silver. Silver can just bury Horowitz himself, but it's it's understandable, right? Here, let's oh, get on. fired that, that's up. That's a
1: full this. delivery. That's I mean, there's no question about that one, BC. Anything else on Bud? I mean, well,
0: we got to talk about the storyline where this is going. We do. we do need to talk about Bud's the story a part line. of it. There was a big reveal this Tuesday that was hyped up. They kept that storyline sort of spread across the whole episode, and the reveal was a guy sitting. <laughs> under a cloak with a fake-dyed red beard looking at Rowan. So again, I watched this on a delay. I didn't know exactly what the end reveal was, but I there were certain teases I got from people's DMs and tweets. And everyone seemed to hate this, so I was prepared to hate it. Then it happened, and I laughed my balls off. I laughed my balls off in a Gilbert-Goldberg type of way that Roman gets dragged into that room. He's like, all right. Whatever, show me, show me. And Roman's obviously confused because he already beat down Buddy Murphy and he didn't know, now he's questioning if he should have, all this stuff. And then they got a fake Rowan there. And the guy's shaking and he's scared. And to me, Adam, that's brilliant. To all these DMers, that I'm not going to read their DMs, they're like, oh, another reason never to believe in WWE uh, critic, you know, uh, creative. This blows, of course, they would let us down. Dude, this is not the end of the story. This is Daniel... Uh, this is Brian Danielson and what the, what's his name? Daniel Bryan and Eric
1: Rowan messing with that Roman Reigns. And it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you are correct in that, but at the same time, we're allowed not to like it. Like I'm not concerned about the long-term storyline. I know this is not the end. It seems like WWE is, they had this plan for SummerSlam, but they had a truncated timetable. And decided to drag this out to Clash of Champions. So we have a few more weeks. But you cannot tell me that. the I mean, maybe if, if you laughed, then maybe you liked it. That's fine, Brian. But this is what I'm going to tell you. The three hours of Raw, I thought, continued all of the momentum from last week. The first 90 minutes of SmackDown, I thought, continued that momentum. I, thought, I, I tweeted this. I thought the first 270 minutes of WWE TV this week was really damn solid. And then in 30 minutes, we got more Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, which is just eye-rollingly boring. And another false finish in the King of the Ring match, which we're going to – not false finish, but a BS finish, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. And then we get built up over two hours, the big reveal, and it's a guy in a fake red beard. And Roman doesn't do anything. He doesn't get pissed and storm out of the room or – push them against the wall or they left because they
0: cliffhangered you
1: they left it as like roman faces every week and you can't cliffhanger into a cliffhanger into a cliffhanger at some point you need to deliver so i don't mind that that happened but it just to me it didn't strike a funny bone and it just capped off a really crappy 30 minutes of tv your main event is owens elias and then in in a fast pace with sixty seconds left in your show, you immediately cut backstage and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm going to get something sick!" And you get a weird dude in a red beard. It's just you can't you can't <laughs> I like pop
0: for it. I'm going to stand here and pop for that. I know that there's more to it. That's why. Look, I've already been overly angry when they turned Buddy Murphy into a bitch and a snitch. Then I'm overly angry that we didn't get Brian Rains at SummerSlam. We didn't get anything at SummerSlam. We got Rowan running in on a pre-show match. I finally am at a point now where I get it. They're trying. This is what we want. We want long-term, long-term storylines. I think part of your want is that a King of the Ring match never should have ended with that type of like copy and paste WWE style booking. And the problem is like we've already done this. Like Shane's already been the guest referee with Drew McIntyre. Like we've already done this already. So you t- you compound on a feud that is going nowhere that's already should have ran its course that we hate. I mean Drew McI- McIntyre is not even involved in this anymore, and now we're going back to the well and no one is believing this this fine angle like all that sucked. And to end a King of the Ring, which look we were hoping King of the Ring was going to feel like cruiserweight classic, if anything. Like I mean, like we were hoping it was going to be like go out there and have matches, and we we had a yeah. I think that's the problem.
1: And now, even in the, you know, to be fair, to be completely fair to WWE, and we're going to talk about this, but even in the G1, there are matches that either suck or, or Yano, where it's Yano and it's supposed to be funny and maybe it just doesn't work the right way it's supposed to. But to, to have Shane McMahon involved in this, for this angle to continue onward, it's just, how did you not end it at SummerSlam? You had an ending like, it was set. You couldn't think of anything else for Kevin Owens to do. You couldn't allow Shane McMahon to step away from the stage or move on to someone else. The fact that this is still involved, and you're right, Brian, it was Shane versus Roman with The Revival, Elias, and McIntyre. Now they've pulled The Revival and McIntyre out. It's just Elias. They took Roman out. They added Owens. <laughs> and you thought Owens was, like, standing up for the common man, and he, did, he gave us a great promo and one really good episode of SmackDown. And it has been downhill every single episode since. The storyline's going nowhere. I don't know what they have planned at Clash of Champions, but is it's it a, a street fight? And if it's a street oh, fight, just, just why do I out. care? You well, know? Here's what's
0: funny. You said they couldn't have anything better for Kevin Owens. I think the problem might be that they – and I'm, I'm certainly not dirt sheeting here. I'm just speculating – that they probably don't have anything better for Shane – and Shane certainly so has a break. certainly so has, a break. certainly has a nepotism factor here and certainly has a you know a very high paid talent factor so it's clear he wants to work so it's almost as if this feels like well that's Shane so that Shane's angle he's going to handle it whatever and they're just forcing it on us where Shane was working so much better when he was quarterly wrestling and doing commissioner stuff in between and now that I don't know if he if he has plans on ending soon, and that's why he's jamming in all this time. I don't know what it is, but this is this is certainly bringing back the Vince style feel of booking in moments where you're waiting for something fresh and new and it, it just sucks.
1: Whereas the rest of the like I said, the rest of the 270 minutes of WWE TV was pretty damn solid. If not great at parts. The last 30 minutes of SmackDown for me just it put a really sour taste in my mouth. And the week but we're not going to keep that sour taste going, B.C. Well, don't because- end
0: that sour taste, because I now really want to see who did it. Like, I feel like it was Brian orchestrating it and Rowan caught on camera and not this, you know, fake guy that they brought in. But I'm really interested to see if it, if it's not, if they have a better reveal for us.
1: Oh, yeah. But I'm not even just talking about that. I'm talking about the rest of the final 30 minutes of SmackDown. The, the, the Owens, the McMahon, just it, the show was going really, really strong. And they just kind of. i just crapped all over it at the end at least in my opinion Uh, but bc we do have more show to get to including the return of hero or zero and we're going to hit you in the field spot as well but before we do that you know what we got to do got to hear from our friends and sponsors
0: this is tony kornheiser show i'm tony we expected someone else Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with John Stewart on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, BC, we are back, and let's get into it. Hero or Zero? I am a hero. I'm holding out for a hero till the end of the night. He's gotta be strong and he's gotta be fast and he's gotta be fast on the fight. I'm here, hero. All right, BC, well, we mentioned it briefly in the main event. The Revival are no longer working with Shay McMahon. Instead, the they have seemingly teamed up with Randy Orton to what fans are calling hashtag F-T-R-K-O. <laughs> Pretty good name. Is this something you want to see go beyond this New Day feud and actually result in a full-fledged faction, Hero Zero? A hero,
0: I do want to see it. Right now it's at a slight hero because I'm untrusting as to whether it will go anywhere. Because, by the way, like we just talked about Shane... You know, wearing us down. Shane would have been great as just the centerpiece of a heel faction that we talked about. That they had it in place, and now it's not there anymore. So, if you're going to actually do this and give it a name, then not only are the, the revival, the perfect henchmen, which is why when we have made those those you know booking ideas of Horseman 2.0, they're automatically in there. They they are Tully and Arn, you know, uh, re- revived, if you will. Um, Orton, the fact that Orton can be If you don't have the right creative, we've talked about this, Orton can be stale. He can go through the motions. Having them have his back is fantastic. I'm not like all kinds of jacked up right now on where Randy Orton and Kofi is. But Kofi attacking Randy to start SmackDown, there was some real intensity in there. And if you're going to do it intense, I'm going to stay focused. So, yeah, if you're going to go down this road and ultimately you're having the New Day feud against our FTRKO, then... Yeah, I'll, I'm going to quickly try to buy that T-shirt because I know this won't last long and then we'll never find <laughs> it again, similar to Y2AJ.
1: Uh, who is the fourth and or fifth member? I mean, we know one, but go ahead and tell us.
0: Of what? What are you, what are you asking like, me?
1: If you're going to make this a faction, if you're actually going to make something out of this.
0: Um, I don't think they're going to add anybody else. I think they're going to do it just how it is. They
1: like think, three-man teams. You know that. It, uh, I know, but I, dude, add Bobby Roode. Give the guy something to do. It's perfect it fits. I don't know why it's so hard. Just put Bobby Roode in something that matters in a faction that is horseman esque and it's going to work. Uh, and these guys, I think it will. I mean, I'm, I'm entertained by it, but to me, it's every single time new day or at least Kofi now as champion goes against someone. It's like they have to find two other people to, to go up against new day as a whole. It can never be a two on two situation. Even when, when it was new day against like, uh, Cesaro and, uh, Sheamus, like Rusev had to get involved to counteract Kofi, you know, they they can never just do it without putting this weird three person team together. But the revival and Randy Orton, I never would have put that together in my mind. But it really works. And the fact that they wore those rattleskin boots to the ring, and, and they tweeted that Orton gifted it to them. It makes a lot of sense. And honestly, if it keeps the revival happy, I know, everyone wants revival to go to AEW and blah, blah, blah. But the last couple of months, maybe even dating back to mania i've really liked the revival in wwe and wwe to me needs real tag teams and they're one of the few real tag teams in wwe i think that (laughs)
0: overall this is showing you though that tell me if i'm wrong kofi's had a great run got a great run as champion but they got nothing for him as champion they've got basically tag team storylines so take the title off of him or blow up the new day for a season and do the triple threat. In the main event. Then We're take the there. title off of him. It's time. It's time.
1: It is. It is time to take the title off Kofi. I thought they should have done it at SummerSlam. And here we are with the same booking that we got last year with AJ and Samoa Joe.
0: All right, Adam, hero or zero number two. Uh, your uh, field spot has been activated by the launch of the King of the Ring tournament, and it's underway with Samoa Joe, Cedric Alexander, Elias, and... Andrade Cien Almas picking up early wins. Didn't that just feel good? Didn't it just it just sounded right? Better. Feels better. Um, but I wanna I wanna see what you feel about it. Is WWE handling this tournament right so far? We already spilled the beans a little bit on Elias and K.O. But as a whole, couple matches in, Hero or Zero.
1: So I don't want to you know, sit on the fence here. I really want to give an answer. But the truth is, it really is somewhere in the middle. There are things that have been going right, and there's a lot of things that have been going wrong. So the answer is hero, because the King of the Ring is back, and I'm still riding that high, and I have a lot of anticipation heading into next week. But for all the good that we have seen, Samoa Joe versus Cesaro I thought was a great match. The Andrade-Cien Almas versus Apollo Crews match I thought was great great as well. We've also been disappointed. Elias Owens was... Horrible. That is not a King of the Ring match. If you want to do that, do that as a qualifying match for King of the Ring. Screw, screw Owens out of the opportunity and then go ahead and start the tournament. I hated that. And even the Cedric alexander Sami Zayn match, while good, was so super short and it was used more to advance an angle with Sami Zayn where I really want to see Cedric Alexander and Sami Zayn like, have an awesome match. So I've been disappointed with the King of the Ring matches that we have seen but I've been encouraged by how much prominence WWE is putting into it. They're not just running the tournament. They're really talking about it on commentary. Um, They went very strong with having the scepter. And even though I didn't want all this, the throne, the scepter, the Cape um, and the crown, having it on stage, having the competitors look about, look at it, talk about it in promos backstage, which a quick aside, they've gone away from the selfie promos to the back, like the old school backstage promos. I think that's a huge win. So It is a hero for me. I'm very hyped about three of the four matches coming up this week, which are Ricochet McIntyre, which might be an all-time WWE TV match, Ollie Murphy, uh, the match of the St. Lunatics, Gable, Shelton Benjamin, and then Ms. Baron Corbin will be fine. But if they can really deliver us high-quality matches this week, BC, I am very enthusiastic about the King of the Ring for the duration. I just... Maybe they should have had these matches this week and gotten it off to a better start.
0: By the way, hero to Baron Corbin's new attire of that like weird black wife beard that he wears.
1: Well, he took off the Friday's vest.
0: Yeah, and they gave him that sort of yeah. tight. Uh, I'm all for. People have said it looked like a bra on him. I'm like, no, it looks it looks cool on him. It uh-huh. actually makes him look like a badass. I'm I'm all on it. I'm um, I'm gonna give a hero as well overall. It is somewhat of a slight hero. The matches have been good but not great as across the board. The Andrade one was was really good, I thought. I kind of expected a little bit better intensity and match quality, but it's been fine. I've cared about it. I will give an overall hero, though, to WWE showing us that they care about it. You're seeing the the throne all the time. Even Charlotte referencing the throne during her appearance on Alexa Bliss's show. And you're seeing the... I even like the weird Skype interviews with the legends. I thought that Booker T one was great. Steve Austin one was a little weird. And it was more about Seth Rollins. But I, I'm really into that that they're bringing back the historical little vignettes, that they're making it feel like it matters. So up to this point, hero. I'm I good also, with that.
1: Sorry, I also like that they're um, not excluding Owen Hart from those. I mean, we know the whole thing about the Hall of Fame and how Martha doesn't want him in and whatever, but Owen Hart was, in my mind, growing up watching WWE, he wasn't the King of the Ring to me, but he was a big part of King of the Ring, of my memory of it. So to be able to keep seeing him in that, you don't really see Owen Hart in WWE TV. They never show him. And I always think that has been a really nice touch, at least in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm good. I'm uh, good. I, I think they're going to have to step it up, though. They're going to have to step up the match quality and, like, the semis and the finals. we got to get, like, great yeah. matches out of this.
1: I agree with that. And I forgot to include this in our rundown today. So before we continue with Hero Zero, really quick, since I mentioned announcing BC, Corey Graves was off this week. They had first Jerry Lawler. We'll talk about that later. And then Vic Joseph fill in for him. On Raw, and then you had David Otunga on SmackDown. It, am I out of line to say that commentary this week was refreshing?
0: It was, and here's why it was refreshing. Um, Cole, for the most part, got out of Vic Joseph's way. and WWE used this as an opportunity to really see what he has. He's doing 205 Live, doing NXT UK, and they let him straight up be the play-by-play man during the big matches. And you know what? He was really good. In yeah. fact, it was during that main event match, the uh, the Seth rollins uh, Braun Strowman tag team match, that I thought Cole was almost working too hard to work himself back in. And he was talking over Vic so much where there's just moments where Vic was straight up nailing it. So I really liked that. I didn't hate Michael Cole shifting into that third role and just dropping in little phrases here and there. Um, Renee's still awful. Uh, Edge's wife is still awful. And I'm sorry. It's not an anti-women thing. They're just awful. But David Otunga on SmackDown may have had his best episode ever. It worked. It, it's, it flowed. It was great. And it's weird that in both of these situations, we're taking out what we deem to be the best part of the announced team and Corey Graves, and it's interesting.
1: For me, I I really think I would like Corey Graves to be on one show. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you fix the rotation, how you change it around. I think we've they've oversaturated Corey Graves. I think he's too dominant. Even when you talk about J.R. and King, they didn't, know, like, they, they, Jr. dominated because he was the play-by-play man, and he would set up King and then King would deliver, but King was never too overbearing. It never ever got too much with King. With Corey Graves, he tries to dominate everyone he's on the air with, whether it's Tom and, and Saxton, whether it's Renee and Cole, and not having him this week, and yes, Vic Joseph doing the play-by-play was a big part of it. It just... Made it more enjoyable to me. I wasn't listening to bickering the entire time. There was still sh- Cole healed it up, and he comes in with his shots like he used to do vintage Cole style. Um, but it it was enjoyable to me, and man, I really prefer these days. Like if, if they if they told me that was the new Raw team, and that they put Graves with Saxton and Phillips on SmackDown, I would do that. I'd be all for that.
0: Well, what was refreshing is that to give Vic that that tryout. They didn't overburden him with storylines and they sort of just let him call the match, which is what we want the announcers to do, which is what more Ronaldo does so well, as well as adding the theatrics in there. But, uh, yeah, I I could see that. I could see that argument putting putting Graves on one. He probably works better off of a more robotic guy like Tom Phillips, even though Tom Phillips is smooth and he's, he's found his niche He's still, you know, a little bit robotic and personality less so Graves doesn't overwhelm as much next to him but uh, Adam there are these flat tires on the road of WWE commentating and right now they both just happen to be females can we fix that situation
1: I'll be honest and I stand by it I do think they're both getting better Um, I'm not going to say that means either is great but I think Renee now as opposed to a year ago uh, it's somewhat night and day I mean she was there was a time where she was only doing like ooh Ah, like that's that's a great move. Now she's actually contributing, and I think it's about comfort.
0: Well, like like Dean Ambrose, I've I've tasted a piece of that pie for a long time now, and it still tastes the same, Adam.
1: All righty. Well, let's continue on with Hero Zero BC. We are 10 days out from AEW All Out. Do you feel that this company has done a good enough job getting you excited for both the event and the forthcoming TV show, which debuts on TNT in only six weeks, zero or zero?
0: Uh, zero. They haven't. They they have not done it. And maybe it's because I'm not watching being the elite. Maybe it's because I, I don't think I'm subscribed to the road Two. If I was subscribed to the road Two and getting the, the YouTube emails, I probably would be caught up. But I usually sometimes like that because I like that stuff to have to find me. Look, when that stuff is great, it finds you. How did we first get involved in being the elite? Not because we subscribed on YouTube, because it would find us on Twitter. It would, or Facebook or wherever you were. Other people would be posting it. And you'd be like, damn, that's great. No, they haven't done a great job. Certain things though that they've done have been insanely good. In fact, my feel spot this week, can I hit the damn siren right now? I mean, maybe not a siren, but can I ask you a question? Adam, did you feel that? Did you feel all of that when Brandy Rhodes Gave that promo on Twitter about Sean Spears. Did you listen to that? I heard it. Dude, like, you want to ask me a question and leave me wondering whether you're talking about wrestling or maybe promiscuous activities? I'm all in. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the leaders. of getting the in for this revolution. I'm all in for this. Thank you, Brandy. Um, The answer, Brandy, is yes. I'm all in on everything that you're offering when you are delivering promos like that. So, no, Adam, AEW has me in this really weird spot where I still expect that they're going to do something fresh and good and new, and, and I may end up going, damn, I got to start watching this, but I have lost all that lust... lust Lust? I guess that'd be the wrong word. But I guess it would work, too. I've lost all that excitedness that, like, these guys are going to change the world. Like, I haven't even played this soundbite in so long, that one that used to get you really mad. Are you guys ready for a revolution? I I, I mean, I've said it earlier. Paul the Vac in NXT is the real revolution. And they're going to have that chance now. But taking that pressure off of AEW could end up being a positive. But it's interesting, Adam, because I'm not the only one that feels this way. Have you ever heard of the great American poet um, Bob Backlund at TalkBox? (laughs) He says, uh, I cut him off early there. He kind of hit me in the field spot, not in a pleasurable way, but he kind of dropped the knee on it. You remember when Bret Hart would go to the second rope and then drop that fist real weird? That's what he kind of did. He says, Kentucky Long Rifle, BC. I've given this a lot of thought. But with the latest rollout of announcements from AEW, combined with how godlike Moxley was in the G1, it finally broke me. I'm all out. UBC bravely staked the claim in the dirty bedsheets last year, and I'm staking the claim from my dirty garden beds that AEW just ain't my thing. I wish them all good luck and hope it works out, but I've got to stop trying to make myself like the Elite. And their brand of wrestling. Nothing about this launch. From the awful fighter fest. To the Folsom County Fairgrounds ad campaign. Is doing it for me. And it's time to stop pretending. Call me crazy. But I like my wrestling to be professional. Hit me up. When Jericho either wins the championship. Or gets his well deserved thank you. Until then. I'm sorry Brandy. But I'm pulling out. Um, Adam. I've never felt. I, I I could just break out the Spider-Man meme right now. I've never felt like you and your mortal enemy, Bob Backlin at Mount Rushmore at Talkbox, are more similar than you're different. He spoke so, to you with this
1: DM, with this he, he did. He did. Um So I this is what I'll say. I'm not as down on it as he is. I'm more in your camp, where unlike you, I am watching everything. I watched every BTE, I've watched every Road 2. I saw Brandy's promo, which I think is overrated, but reg- not, not bad. Just I think people are making too much out of it. Um, but where I do agree with him is I have really tried to buy in to AEW. And even when I watched Fight for the Fallen, I, people told me I was too pessimistic about Fighter Fest, so I tried to be optimistic about Fight for the Fallen. And I'm trying. And there's just so much about AEW that I don't like. Everything is this groundbreaking announcement. Half the time, it's a new t-shirt. The Elite, I freaking love Kenny Omega. Love Kenny Omega. Future present of the industry. But Young Bucks and Cody, I just am annoyed. Like... Everything is such a shot at them, and we're not in a war, but then we are in a war, and we don't care about what WWE does, but then we are, and we're going to make fun of them for it. And don't compare us to them, but do compare us to them. Jericho even has kind of gone from a guy who spent his whole career post-WCW, obviously, praising Vince McMahon, and this guy is great. And then even when he went to NJPW, he's like, hey, I still love WWE, but I'm going to do this. Now, all of a sudden, everything WWE does sucks and is offensive to him. And I know he's playing a character. I know he's sticking up for his brand. I'm just saying they're doing so much to actively turn me off to their product that it's not allowing me to stay turned on. And All Out is in 10 days. And the Omega Moxley match should be, in my opinion, all you and I are talking about. And I don't even care. Like, I know it's going to be good. But... I don't really care. The hangman page, Chris Jericho main event for the first ever AEW world championship. I've said this to you many times. They do not, they have not convinced me that I should give an F about hangman page. And yeah, if Chris Jericho wins, that's great. Um, Cody, Sean Spears. Yes. They've brought in some ties to his father and and old school and, and Spears. I do think has done a very good job in his promos, but do I actually care about Sean Spears and Cody? No, I really don't. So I'm going to enjoy the show in 10 days. I have no doubt it's going to be good because it has to be good. They made All In great. They did a very good job with Double or Nothing. This will be a good show. But if you're asking me, am I anticipating it? Am I counting down the days to All Out? No, I had to look up how many days were left when I wrote this uh, question. Uh, look,
0: Zero. right now when I, when you were talking – I asked myself, what matches do I know off the top of my head that are on this card? And all I knew was, was uh, Jericho match and the Cody match. And it's not that I didn't know the Moxley Omega one. It's just that just, you just proved it. It wasn't jumping out in my brain to trigger.
1: Um, so what we've learned here, Adam. Did you know the Lucha Bros and Young Bucks were having a ladder match for the AAA championship? I did not, but that's fantastic. And you, you're
0: right. They are going to be fantastic in this card.
1: Did you know that Rio is facing Hikaru Shida?
0: Uh, I didn't know anything else after that. So here's, <laughs> here's the point. What we've learned is that the way that they have laid this out has been a failure. There's been too much time. The, the announcement that we're doing this, and then we're going to have to wait nine months. But then in between, we're going to give you a couple things. The problem was when those couple things were great. Like the uh, Double or Nothing show, there was no follow-up to keep you there. The web shows weren't enough. The little one-off shows, like we mentioned, the Fight, fighter Fest, all that stuff, wasn't enough. And now, Adam, we've had a long gap. We've had pretty much a long gap here of nothing, and it has made it feel a little bit too minor league, where the best way to have done it? Because this isn't minor league in a sense, Adam. They're oh, even, not they, all. St- they have a TNT deal. They have legitimate yeah. stars. They have the best wrestler in the world. They have one of the most recognizable in Jericho. They've got some guys that are brilliant behind the scenes from, from Cody to the Bucks, from a marketing angle, all that. They have real money. This is not a mom and pop thing. But when you have a double or nothing and it works and you cannot follow that up with a weekly TV show, then we started to see this too much sausage and how it was being made and we just want the you know we want the glitz and the glamour and the storylines we want your show we want your show badly because we want to find out if you really are for real or if you're just a t-shirt company or if you're just a we can do two badass pay-per-views a year and put a starcast conference around there and adam i feel like we're going to come around cuz i feel like they can't put this much into it to fail but yeah 100% this has been a zero build from double or nothing to now in and it's been made worse by WWE recognizing them as legitimate competition and now having made these certain power moves to make them feel like, like I said off the top of the show, like I'm not even worried about that war anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, on, I'm on the NXT train now. Like I'm not even worried about if AEW can cut it. And that was the thing. And I know maybe some of that is they didn't get the NJPW side of it and all that, you know. There's, there's other elements to that, but no, this is a little bit disappointing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I do think I'll come around. I, th- I think by the time All Out is over, we're going to be saying, oh, my God, that was great. And I think their first show, maybe their first couple shows on TNT will be good. I just don't know what they're going to look like. And there's some weird things circulating around uh, AEW, including Cody coming out and kind of saying, oh, we've, you've only seen 40 percent of our roster. I don't know how that's possible. Because you're telling me you'd have over a hundred people, and there's no way you have a hundred people. Yeah, I wonder he, if that's a panic even move? If you did, who are they? Because you Tony
0: Khan has said on podcasts that you know they they can't have this huge roster. They don't want to go under like WCW did. They want you know they already know who their pillars are, and now they're going to build around it. So that seems false. Look, I you know my stance: if you're going to do the war angle, go all in on it. So I haven't liked when sometimes the Bucks will float out tweets that make it seem like they're in a war. And It's like, well, you're either in a war or you're not. If you're either in a war, cry, either either cry or fight. You have two options. Exactly. So if you're in a war, then fight. Yes. Then then do it. But um, what do you think about this? Um, we don't have it in the show, but Sami Zayn had that, you know, Monday night losing to Cedric Alexander and then sort of uh, in an exclusive .dot com clip making it seem like you know that he needs. To, to change in his character. But then coming out of Miss T V this week and I thought he absolutely nailed it and it was fun. It was interesting. And now he's the interpreter for Nakamura. Now I enjoyed that segment from a just a straight entertainment standpoint. I thought it was great because Sami Zayn in that character really works. But Kentucky Long Rifle hit me up. You know uh Christopher Nyron at C Nyron, the, the the beer yeah. expert of our of our podcast family?
1: And um, by the way, I should I should have made this a seven part Hero Zero so we did talk about this. I did forget. So this is on me. He says damn
0: this Sami Zayn altruism interview with Miz must be a continued dig at AEW and indie fans dude i hadn't even picked up on that adam in real time that of course that is what did Moxley and all of them cry about when they left they just want to be their true selves and be an artist and be a character and now you have Sami Zayn whose character has been speaking for Vince for a year now basically yeah. comes out and makes like it's, it's interesting how much WWE is acknowledging them and making advanced movements, including pushing NXT to big TV to get ahead of them. I mean, the fact that NXT is launching now like a month almost before uh, AEW's TV show is, is, is pretty damn
1: big. It's pretty damn big. It is. It is. BC, I, I found – I don't know. People will disagree with me. A lot of people did disagree with me. I find the, the Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura pairing insulting as a viewer. As a, as a WWE viewer and a wrestling fan, I find it insulting. Um, in what way? Uh, they have now ta- they have three Japanese people on the main roster, all of them completely over with the crowd when given the opportunity. but Vince does not think any of them can speak for themselves or can't book or, or, or the creative team cannot book around the language barrier like they easily did on NXT when all three were the most over people in the company at their times. And all three happen have to have someone who speaks English on their side or either managing them or teamed with them or whatever the case might be.
0: Well, here's the it's deal. Insulting to me. Okay, it I is. think Paige should not be there with the Kubuki Warrior, so that's a separate argument. But just on the Shinsuke Sammy thing, um Shinsuke's not great at talking. That's I mean, that's it, right? Like he was better in NXT because they gave him more of the opportunity. But like this is a different playing field unfortunately and Vince isn't going to give him that so if they're going to give him somebody like Sami Zayn for a season like that I don't see that being a negative
1: though it's just it it says to me that Vince doesn't think his audience is smart enough or mature enough to handle Japanese to handle wrestlers who don't speak English and it's like yeah but what has he done historically he's given them good talkers to walk with he he has two of the best women in the world on Smackdown that can't get on TV because they don't speak English he now has a, an intercontinental champion who, by the way, they just ended the feud with Ali, even though Ali earned an IC title shot. They just ended that. Um, but Nakamura can't get on TV anytime he has a title, U.S. title or intercontinental title, because he doesn't speak English. But now they have Sami Zayn working with him. And because Sami Zayn speaks English, now all of a sudden we're going to see Shinsuke Nakamura again. It, and I find that insulting. I just do. I think fans should be insulted as a whole.
0: All right. I don't agree. I think there's there's don't to. I mean, you
1: don't have to agree with that. I just, it's how I feel. All
0: right. Let's roll on here. Hero or Zero, Adam? Number four. WWE went back to an Attitude Era staple by crowning an unlikely duo as tag champions in the Raw main event with uh, Sam Rollins. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman going over the Good Brothers. Does this work for you? Is it lazy booking? Hero or Zero? on what this is and where this is headed.
1: Yeah, it's strange. Um, I mean, I can't even count or recall the number of times WWE has done this. I mean, I remember it happening with Austin. Uh, It's definitely happened with other singles competitors that are super over, or even heels, that are are super hated, that team together and suddenly win the title. Um, The Rock was involved in this once or twice. It's just... uh, It feels kind of lazy. It's almost like... They simultaneously are trying to solve two problems. They're trying to create a storyline between two faces and Strowman and Rollins without turning one of them heel while simultaneously realizing that they haven't set up their tag team division well on either brand. So, hey, let's just put the titles after just changing the titles, by the way, to the OC. Let's go ahead and change them again to Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. WWE did this all throughout the Attitude Era. Um, I loved it as a one night storyline. I thought they, WWE's done this now two weeks in a row. They have told a really good story for three hours. You and I were begging them to do this for months, to weave a storyline from the start of the show to the finish, give a really good climax at the end. Um, I was waiting for it. Thank you. Uh, A really good climax at the end, and then make me curious to see what happens next week. They did that with Braun looking at the universal title that they were holding between each other. So it was a hero. Uh, The crowd flipped out. It was a massive reaction from that crowd. And by the way, that was a packed house for Raw, so really good for them for drawing that well. But if you're asking me long-term, do I like it? It feels lazy to me. It feels like they're just going to create this conflict between these two, and now Rollins, as is, you know, dirt sheet, spoiler alert, it's rumored he's going to defend the title against Braun Strowman at Clash of Champions. I don't know why. Why is he defending it against him? I'd almost rather them do a title versus title match with styles. It seems forced and rushed and strange, but for one night only, yes, it was a hero. I got here
0: all the way around. Uh, the one night aspect, it was more exciting than probably it should have been. I mean, the crowd popped huge. The ending sequence was, was really well done timing all that moments. I like mismatched odd tag champions because normally it fuels a larger storyline. Um, Already having known that this was going to be a singles feud, I, of course, popped for this because I want—I don't want Braun Strowman at the end to be everybody's huggy teddy bear who's picking Nicholas out of the crowd and doing, you know, community service work there. I want him to be an absolute destroyer, even if he's a face. I want him to just be like, I don't need anybody. So this seems like, you know, with Braun doing the extra long handshake to Seth during the build to this, that he's going to turn on him. And I'm OK with that. It's all sort of a bootleg mega powers explode that I can always get behind. It's like, you know, even bad pizza is still good pizza. But I just want them to kind of pick what are we doing here. Is Seth feuding with AJ or is he feuding with Strowman? Like, what's happening here? Or maybe they're smarter than we are, and Seth's obsession with feuding with AJ is what's going to lead to Braun somehow getting mad at him and wanting his title. I don't know. I'm going to give him a chance to to wow me. Would I rather have Seth and AJ be a bigger thing that we're you know, that we're main eventing Survivor Series with and we're building towards? Yeah, yeah, possibly. I I don't need it as a one-off in between pay-per-view main event. So all in all, I'm interested on where this is going. And I just got to stop for a second and be like, they're actually using Braun Strowman in something that matters. So I love that because I think there's two ways to do it. To me, Braun Strowman is either Andre the Giant but Andre the Giant as a heel, this special attraction that only feuds against other really big things, and he destroys people. You only use him in angles where he's destroying peoples and things. Or he's a title contender and a real wrestler, but it can't be both, and they've left him in that middle ground that we talked about where he's lovable babyface, and I just can't freaking stand it. So to finally, Adam, finally plug him back into a title feud I think there's only great potential from this. Like, why is this man not a champion of some kind? I know, okay, now he is. He's a tag team (laughs) champion. (laughs) But why is he not a singles champion of some kind? He is can work so much better than the average big man, which is what makes him special. He's so damn agile. So, again, if he's not the muscle for Bray Wyatt, which he was amazing at, if you feel he's too big of a star for that, then is it wrong to give him a run as WWE champion? No. I thought they... they ridiculously dropped the ball when they built him up to that level, but never let him go over Roman and never let him really do anything big. So if this is sort of a appeasement
1: to that conversation, then I'm for it. Well, they should have had him go over Lesnar at the at Blood Money in the yes. Sand. yes. That was the opportunity. If you don't want him to go over all these other, you know, if you don't want him to beat Roman, you don't want him to beat Rollins and all this, put him over Lesnar in Saudi Arabia, let him take the title in, and then you have a heel – that you can build up against Rollins who they obviously elevated into that spot. Um maybe they just didn't think that Braun would sell WrestleMania and you know therefore they decided not to go in that direction. They wanted to just keep Lesnar around so bad and they wanted to keep Lesnar away from UFC and the only way they know how to book Lesnar is in a title feud. So maybe that's why they did that. They want um,
0: Adam in the end they just wanted him to be a character that sells t-shirts.
1: That's what they want. And the my concern is that we're approaching Clash of Champions, which is this pay-per-view And the tagline of of Clash of Champions, all titles are on the line. Well, right now, you have a Universal champion who is also a tag team champion. You have AJ Styles, who's a U.S. champion. Styles doesn't have any other feud except Rollins. The tag team champs don't have any other feud except the OC. And Rollins doesn't have any other feud except his partner or Styles. So I I don't know what the hell they're going to do. But if they try to give us another, like, two-on-three match where all titles are on the line— you know, a winner take all match, just like they kind of just did with Corbin and, uh, and Lacey against Becky and Seth. That is not, I don't want that. I you don't see, like it.
0: I even hate hearing that because they have too many titles because they're too branded right now. The double branded and every pay-per-view card is three fourths of a title fights. So it's like, it's not all lame. of
1: them. Yeah, you're right. All right, BC, we're going to wrap up hero or zero on this. Uh, Raw went back to the well, having Sasha Banks attack Natalia, trash talk her father, I'll be honest, I did pop a little bit with the see you in hell or, or t- tell your dad you say hi and you get the hell line, whatever the hell that was. That was after earlier in the show, uh, Becky Lynch cut a great promo backstage to further along the rivalry. Are you wanting to see this continue moving in this direction or do you think WWE dropped the ball on this Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks oh, no, feud right no. off the bat?
0: a massive hero. This is great. Becky's p- promo. I, I don't think it was legendary. I don't think it even was as good as Brandy's, but I think it was pretty damn good because it was intense. God, so much better. Not even close, dude. Brandy's oh. promo was great. You get, I don't, I mean, you gotta, it was good. It was good. You're not all in on her. I get it. It's fine. But, uh, huh. Brandy's a little bit hotter too. If we're going to, we're going to be on it. Maybe a lot bit hotter. Becky. Yeah. Not going to go there. I mean but you, if you're a truthful podcaster then you care.
1: Have you ever seen uh, Brandy I saw this for the first time this week. Have you ever seen Brandy as Eden Styles in a 15 minute backstage segment with New Day?
0: Sounds familiar. I can't tell you anything about it. I'm Should I
1: Send you the link. I'm going to send you the link after this. I'll tweet it maybe as well. It's it's one of the most incredible WWE things I've ever seen. All right. But go back. Go back. to Um,
0: No, this is a massive hero. Uh, Having her sit down for that interview with Michael Cole and then get pissed off was was it's perfect. And then walk off. Everything about it is what we want. Heal Sasha being unrelenting and then doubling down afterwards by going back to the well to beat down poor Natty. It ruled. She put her injured arm in a drawer and kicked it closed. Everything about this rules right now. Love it. In fact, I love that they didn't have to do Becky versus Sasha brawling because they had nothing else. So they're doing this perfect.
1: Yeah, I think the Sasha backstage segment was picture perfect. I I don't mind Anvil being involved in this because obviously Natalia is giving her blessing. This is like the second time they did it. They previously did it with the Riot Squad, where his picture was on the table. That was shortly after his death. <laughs> so Natalia is okay with it, and she's a carny, and their family are carnies. I'm I'm fine with it as well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Sam I'm upset about something that the person involved with.
0: Are you okay with this up. line? I wish you died in the womb.
1: <laughs> I'm fine with that too. Okay, uh, so okay the back all stage, right. The backstage segment was good. Uh, I thought the interview with Cole sucked. I mean, Cole, uh, he was funny in like when she was talking about her blue hair and, and Cole's like, no one really cares about your hair, Sasha. The crowd laughed. I laughed. That was good. The rest of that interview, her just saying, you're welcome. I didn't love it. And I was worried that's where they were going to stop. I was going to give this a huge zero. The fact that they followed up with the backstage made it good to me. BC On the same hand, they are jumping right into, and we knew it was coming, Bayley and Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. My hope was they would find a couple more opponents for Bayley before they immediately put put Charlotte back into the feud or into the title picture as you knew she would be. What did you think of what happened on SmackDown?
0: I thought it was lame. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was a good moment for Bailey to look tough and act tough, but I mean, come on. Charlotte's getting up and beating her down in any other universe. Uh it just kind of announced to me that we're going to get another title feud for Charlotte sorry, title reign, excuse me, so she can get closer to Cena and her pops and they've used Bailey to set this up. It's not moving me at all. In fact, it has go away heat for me. Bailey has go away heat for me. Hey, a lot of people hit me up over the old Twitter um about King of the Ring and Charlotte, and even my friend Josh, uh, my good friend Josh. Let me tell you something, Big Josh. Uh, Big Josh thought, uh, what a lot of people are now tweeting me, that of course Andrade's going to win King of the Ring, so that Charlotte can be the queen, and Andrade can be the king, and they can do that whole gimmick publicly. But they'd have to kind of denounce Zelina Vega in some kind of feud there, which wouldn't be bad to see Charlotte walk in and just kick Zelina's ass and be like, no, that's my man. And two, um... Didn't you see Charlotte kind of in that by mentioning the, the throne and the queen this week?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I, I liked that from Charlotte. Um, That was very in character for her to do that. I don't know that that's the direction they're going. Did you notice that Charlotte's last match, I think it was against Amber Moon, she did the Los Gobernables like she laid on her side and stuck her fist in the air? Did no, you notice that or no? No, I did not. Interesting. Did that on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, so that was pretty cool. They seem to have be having a really good relationship, but... Well, you on- say
0: that because you look at their Instagram yeah. pics, which are getting more they're getting closer and closer to being like cinema Cinemax late night I mean we're getting they are.
1: There. and and his uh every every picture his hand is a little bit closer to grabbing something that shouldn't be maybe on Twitter or Instagram um but they seem to be having a good relationship and you know good for them if that's the case um I I don't know though that they have given the permission that Seth and Becky did for them to put that on TV so I'm still going with Drew in terms of winning this whole drew mcintyre as the king of the ring damn i think they I... are using this to elevate drew see
0: uh, he, he doesn't need that it's like he's so good he actually doesn't need that
1: you know what i mean Does he, but he's lost every single thing he's been i know but
0: i almost feel like the king gimmick would really be lame on him where i feel like there's other guys like if buddy murphy won it and you paraded him around with a crown i still think it works i still think he's he's like he could pull that off and it'd be fantastic right it would work on andrade really well it really would work on Andrade. in fact. It- they, uh, in fact, I'm going to tell you right now, Andrade's going to win this because Vince, again, looks at it like you're saying with uh, Nakamura. You're, you're, you know, He's looking at it and saying, okay, this guy can only talk so much. Yeah, Zelina's great, but um, if I give him the king gimmick to, to everyone else, like, that just speaks. That just speaks for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, Vince is going to put it on him, dude.
1: Andrade's the guy who I'm not, I am not of the camp of you should learn English. I don't really believe that, but... Andrade, if that is all that's holding him back. And apparently they kind of told him that and he's been taking English classes and he he apparently is getting better as well, which is great. But I want this guy to learn English really well because he is so good. And his future in WWE as like the Alberto Del Rio that we actually want to see um, is so bright that I don't want anything to hold him back. And even if it's something that is stupid and shouldn't hold him back, I don't want him to even have that uh, potential. That's not fair. No, speak English. Two quick things for you before we get out, BC. Uh, XFL announced team names. Do you want to know them?
0: I just read them. Um, XFL, by the way, I'm going to, you know, I've, there's certain times we have to take a stand in life, and I've said, <laughs> don't, don't dirt cheat me anymore. Um, I'm done with that. When XFL was announced, I was nostalgically excited. I got the XFL football in my room, in my office here somewhere. But uh, you know what? Right now? I'm done. I'm done with caring about the XFL at all.
1: You know, like... Well, the fact that they didn't bring back any nostalgic moments from the previous one in terms of names, why? Like, why would you not, if you're going to have a team in LA, why would you not call them the extreme? You call them the Wildcats. Like, it's garbage. Why would you ever do that? So uh, they're very meh, as I like to say occasionally, in my opinion. The other thing is, right as we were taping the show, I saw Will Ospreay respond to a fan and tell him that... He is on a five-year contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. thought you'd find that interesting.
0: Yeah, that is. That is. Um, I hope, whether it's AEW or NXT, I hope that they could figure out a way to present their product, not just that wins and losses matter, but that the storyline should always be centered upon two things. Either someone is trying to get closer to the title, Or they're trying to avenge a deep-rooted grudge. Like somebody did something awful to them. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think that'll be the change that pro wrestling needs right now. And that's the one... Like, we often talk about WWE scars and sins. But that's, to me, like the one thing that I think separates pro wrestling right now from... Bringing in more casual fans. That The more you get into pro wrestling, you're like, oh, okay, this is the same garbage. Like, why are they fighting? What are they fighting for? Like, whatever. Like, get back to making that pro sports feel crossover, which NX, which I'm sorry, NJPW does better than everyone. Where that, where going after that title is everything. I, I just don't think Vince ever cared about that because he's making movies, he's not making pro wrestling. I'd like to see that. Maybe that's the inside track for AEW. Get away from jokes, bro. Like, you can have a guy dressed in a dinosaur costume. That's fine. You can have a librarian, even though it's lame. But, like, let's make the pursuit of a world title what this is all about.
1: And they say that's what they're trying to do. We will find out. In NXT, it is. I mean, there's no question about that. You see... Uh, I think we're almost out of here. Feel spots. Uh, you got one. You want me to give one? What do, What do you want to do? Yeah,
0: my feel spot was that brandy promo. I just want to double down and, again and say I've seen people respond and go, um, you know, saying that brandy and Cody now are just knockoffs of Steph and and Trips as sort of this like heel duo. Not true. I mean, it's 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 equally true and false. Uh, but I'll say this: like, <laughs> brandy was a ring announcer, an afterthought really hot but just like oh she happens to be married to Cody okay cool and you know what in the ring not great but that promo and I liked how honest she was afterwards on Twitter saying like I almost didn't know if I should share this and now I'm realizing from your responses that like maybe I really can do this like I think she's figuring out and if it is a knockoff Steph McMahon 2.0 which probably inevitably is why because Steph's great at what she does and she kind of was like a revolutionary female character in that sense from from uh you know uh i i just want to sit here and applaud uh Brandy because she's taken this uh what's that title she calls herself chief brandy officer brandy officer she's played that up and it's
1: title by the way basically
0: yeah um she's got the chops she's she's you know what i mean she's been around the roads is enough now um I think she could end up being really good in that role. It's like I'd almost tell her don't even worry about wrestling anymore. We don't need it. Just be that role. Be That's that
1: the thing. She does wrestle and she's not No, so just be Go that ahead. be that bitch. Just be that role. Be
0: have a legitimate role on that broadcast every week in some form, but uh just just be you. It's working, Brandy. And number 2, um this isn't a feel spot, but uh it's just interesting. Now that and N- uh XT is going up against AEW led by Cody Rhodes, that NXT was Dusty's kids, you know? And that's something that's always been a a stickler for Cody because he looks at NXT as Paul Levesque getting all the credit when, in a lot of ways, Dusty was the creative heart and soul that made all those characters who they are today. All of them.
1: I always find that to be error-filled, though. Like, I think Cody's looking at that way too personally. No, he certainly
0: is. He overly
1: praised Dusty. Like, Like, they make you know. Now, maybe not today because Dusty's been gone for a couple of years now and that's unfortunate. But well, I think part but, of but I think part of Cody's problems are rooted in the fact that everything Dusty built in
0: WCW and Jim Crockett Promotions on his own, I mean he was the brains behind all those names yes. and all those things, Vince essentially just bought that, right? And so it's sort of like now history shows you that WWE owns that when in Cody's mind it's like no, my dad was a rebel against WWE. So I get how he feels that way. But you have to agree, everyone we've ever interviewed on here, they credit Dusty Rhodes if they were around during that time in NXT. So it's just weird that Cody is now competing head-to-head for survival against essentially the thing his dad built. It's weird sort of Star Wars, Freudian relationships going on here.
1: Yeah, everyone always talks about the Dusty Rhodes promo class in particular and how how much that in particular helped them, him helping them come up with gimmicks and, and slogans and teaching them how to be themselves, it's almost a similar uh, way, way stronger, but similar way talent these days is talking about Paul Heyman on Raw. Recently, there was an interview with Cedric Alexander where he praised Heyman for, like, helping him understand what it means to give a good promo. And then on Monday on Raw, you saw Alexander deliver, in my opinion, his best promo to date uh, ahead of his King of the Ring match. So, But I, I agree with you. It is interesting that it's Cody against Cody's kids. And even... The promo that Cody cut, you know, a while back, where he's like, "I'm Cody, I'm uh, Dusty's kids." If I said that wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm Dusty's kids. Um, and Dustin is, you know, Dusty's kid. It feels to me almost like trying a little bit too hard to create a controversy. Even going back to the War Games thing, it's like WWE is not giving my dad credit. Yeah, they they were. They they did a whole promo package about how it's Dusty's event. They're not going to call it Dusty. Uh, NXT Takeover, Dusty Rhodes war games. Like they're not gonna do that. So th- there's only so much, so many times and so many ways that WWE can credit Dusty. Anyone involved in the NXT universe, I don't think there's any scenario where they're not crediting Dusty Rhodes for their success. That's fair. Okay. My field spot. Uh one of the guys who Dusty Rhodes helped out, maybe more than anyone, Bray Wyatt, the fiend another mandible claw to another legend, this time Jerry the King Lawler. And it's not just so much that they did it again that I loved. It was Jerry the King Lawler that I loved because he did what a legend or what anyone facing that scenario is supposed to do. You're supposed to say, what the hell is happening? Oh, I've seen this before. Throw the mic down and run out of the ring. And that's what Lawler did. And then the fiend caught up with him at the top of the ramp, hit him with the mandible claw. Lawler sold it. It also worked really well that WWE had Lawler on Raw commentary and had a planned segment with Sasha, and neither of those came to fruition over the rest of the show because The Fiend attacked. So I loved it. I loved them getting The Fiend involved again. But what I really loved was the role Jerry Lawler played and how WWE booked that. Yeah, that was an major field spot
0: for me. Vic Joseph doing the uh, thoughts and prayers for Lawler was great. Uh, Booker T being questioned like, hey, you're a legend too. Who returns here? Like, what the hell's going on here? Um, This this could get really good. I, I hope that they go to uh, some next levels with it, meaning having a really, really old guy or having a female legend, you know, fe- uh absorb that this could get to new levels. imagine like the fiend showing up at NXT and putting that on Beth Phoenix, you know, something like that would, would just be very interesting.
1: And it does seem, we don't know that this to be the case. It does seem like they're teasing a fiend Alistair Black feud next, which would be great. I'd be a little bit concerned about how it finishes because neither of them can really take a loss. Um, But that does seem to be the direction they're going.
0: Yes. And the direction we are going is out of here, out of this show. The end of it. And not coming back. This show is over, Adam. That's it. Thank you all for listening. You got any instructions for these people, Adam?
1: No, but don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter at State of Combat, at B. Campbell CBS, at Silverstein Adam. And seriously, guys uh, and girls, which we have a lot more female listeners than – I know we always are surprised by it. I got a ton of – of uh, twitter replies from females over the last week that was really cool to see uh but don't forget seriously uh go to ebay i gave you the address earlier in the show you can find it on our website as well and bid on the wwe championship and be sure to watch our fantasy football today telethon benefiting st jude thursday on cbssports.com
0: and i play this button with hopes that his third boom period gears up that we see real competition i want everyone to succeed i hope both teams played well thank you
1: goodbye and good night back.
0: we're out